Valentine's Day was yesterday, but we're playing matchmaker today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to issue a big thank you, shout out, and welcome to our everydayers. Those of you who make us your first listen every single day, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Joe, you warned me ahead of time that uh, you were going to be a little quick on the draw with a compact but effective cold open for the show. Yeah, I had no idea what that meant. And you were right. It was job well done. Thank you. Thank you. So Every once in a while, I get it, you know? We, today, on the show, are following up on yesterday's broad strokes look at the free agency market for 2024. And we are uh, going to go individually. We each have come with ideal matches for six of the top names in the running back market. And then if there's more beyond that, we have some. I know you have three. Yeah, I got some some bonus round three. I got, I got one or two. All right, so, so get up to like maybe nine running backs today. Maybe, unless we overlap on all of them. Oh, that's going to be fun to see because we only have. We only we, agreed on doing the six names and the the, the right six hand names. Hand. We also agreed that we would only pick the same team. We'd only pick the team one time, right? It's not like we could sit here and say that Derrick Henry should fit for these 85 teams and then Saquon Barkley as well. It's it's one team per player and you can't repeat the team. So that's that's correct. So we start with the big dogs. Saquon Barkley and Big Dog. Who do you want to do first? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. So yeah. we're gonna do Derrick Henry from a um matchmaker standpoint. Let's talk about where he came from, right? Comes from Tennessee. Zone heavy rushing offense. Yep. Uh surprisingly capable for a big body back of getting out on the edge of the defense, but Absolutely a hammer when he wants to be comes downhill. Supersized back, but late stage career for Derrick Henry. So you're probably looking at a shorter term. Does, did, did you take that into account? Probably a shorter term contract. Does that make more sense for certain teams? I know it was part of my my methodology in determining what teams made sense to. Yeah, I tried to be mindful of the life cycle of the team, their cap position. I did the best I could to incorporate those factors. Okay. So we're on the same page as far as the approach. Yeah. Now, that said, what were there candidates for you that you felt very passionately about? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple. Uh, I think there's one that makes the most sense to me, and that'll be my pick that I'll, I'll get to. But I think if you do strip away the cap position component, right? We live in a limited resource environment in the NFL, so you can't just sign every player. You know, I think that that narrows the the possibilities for sure, because uh, I think any team would want to have Derrick Henry 
um, and what he can offer. And you think about, especially with some of these run heavy uh, quarterbacks and a backfield with him <laughs> is pretty exciting, but also for teams that are looking for a physical component to their offense, you could see him being a wonderful option. So I think there's a lot of teams that make sense. AFC, NFC. AFC. East, North, or Southwest? Uh, North. Oh, I was going to give you, let you do two. Pick East and North or South and oh. West. He gave me oh. North. So we're probably both sitting on Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> that's because yeah. that's who I have as well. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. I think the challenge is the cap, right? They're only sitting at $7.3 million in space, and they've got contracts to deal with right if the Zeitler and Simpson and Patrick Queen and Justin Matabweek they got some they got some challenges there with the expiring contract so I recognize that but uh, I think you want to talk about Derrick Henry and the Gus Edwards role and just really improving what that player is and then the backfield of Lamar and Derrick Henry like good luck good luck having the right personnel on the field to be able to deal with that and so I think being aware of of who you are as a team and and how you can attack defenses, I think you can just do so much with Derrick Henry. Again, the cap piece is what's hard, and, and I hate that. Uh, this is probably my biggest stretch in terms of cap and you know, what it's probably going to cost to get a player, uh, but I feel like I just get excited about that possibility for Baltimore if that's something that can come to fruition. I, I'm completely unfazed at the element of the cap because I saw what the Baltimore Ravens did to get Odell Beckham on the roster last year. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. Odell Beckham signs a one-year, $15 million contract. And they took $4.9 million of that against the cap this year, leaving them with $13 million, or, or I guess, what is it, $11 million in prorated money to kick it out. Hmm. Um. So if if that's the X factor element with the skill group, then that for me makes me very comfortable to come out and say, okay, you know, you, you guys very clearly felt comfortable with kind of pushing this out over several years to justify an X factor weapon. And you mentioned the contract situation for them. I think that is the hard part uh, with several contracts that are voided contracts where you could maybe add some some space if you put them back under contract, but uh, a couple big name contracts that are, are probably going to be out the door. And then that interior offensive line, both guards are expiring contracts. Ronnie Stanley's you know, kind of struggling with from a durability standpoint. Uh, I think that's the interesting element here, but just from an ideological standpoint, Derrick Henry, who can run outside, but can also, bang between the tackles plus Lamar Jackson is a no-brainer. I think it's fair to acknowledge that his time in Tennessee has come to an end based on what he said, like during that last game, right? Wasn't that afterwards he got the mic and thanked the fans and, you know, that mm -hmm. doesn't happen if that's not, that's not it. But also, you know, they've got a new head coach. They're flushing a lot of their um, principles from their last life cycle. And I think, you know, obviously Tajay Spears, they're moving on. Yeah, I, I, it seemed like the coaching staff kind of left it open once they settled on coaching staff. So he'd be a fit for any system, I think, was the, the quote yeah. there. But yeah. it just doesn't make a lot of sense with the intersection of where Tennessee's at from a team-building perspective and Derrick Henry with where he's at to pay him to stay. No doubt. Saquon Barkley. 
I like my spot for Saquon, Kyle Krabs. Okay. AFC or NFC? AFC. I'm also in the AFC. So listen carefully now. Yeah. East, North, or South and West? Southwest. I am also in the South and West. I'm in the AFC South. So am I. Oh, Lord. You the Texans? Yeah. That's right. Are you giddy about this, too? (laughs) That's where I put them, too. What a perfect spot. Like, you got a quarterback on a rookie deal. You got $58 million in cap space. Before you do anything. Yeah. Like, let's go. Get yourself, like, you know, you, You you talk... You talk about these running backs that are capable of like being catalysts and like playoff run running backs. You've seen it with Todd Gurley. You saw it with Saquon Barkley a couple of years ago. Putting him into this offense with the passing game that exists with CJ Stroud, yeah. I was like really excited when I came up with this. And it sounds like you are as well. Yeah. So they, they do have some meaningful cut. They have two high volume players, uh, 80 plus percent of snaps. But it's Steven Nelson and George Fan. You're not going to break the bank to get yeah, either we'll one. We'll be of those okay. Guys yeah. Under the books. And then you have Dalton Schultz, who I think you can make a decision on. He's a, a really valuable piece for them from a, a passing game volume perspective. But if you took that money and you, and you put it into Saquon Barkley and then found an alternative option at tight end, I think you get a more dynamic option, even if it, you'd have some work to do to find a viable player to step in at tight end. And then Jonathan Grenard's probably your next biggest name yeah. from a, a free agency perspective. So uh, financially, this will be very easy to get accomplished if you're the Houston Texans. And I, I think that, like you said, with um, they spent how many resources in offensive linemen this year coming into this year? No, oh, they, they, had they never stopped. Right? Yeah, they kept going. And guys kept hurting, hurting. They kept yeah. bringing guys in. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't care. Yeah. They got Tunsil on a big money contract. You got Titus Howard, who they gave a contract extension to. They traded for an extended Shaq Mason. That's an outstanding foundation of an offensive line right there. Yep. And Kenyon Green was a first-round pick. (laughs) This will be very different for Saquon Barkley than – I I know he has enjoyed his time in New York. He seemed to be pretty vocal about wanting to stay there. You could stay playing in red, white, and blue. Just go to Houston and play for Texas. I dig it. Okay, well, we're two for two uh, being aligned here. We'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with us. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get those things off your chest Every once in a while, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, be sure to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. All right, Joseph, we're on to the next round of franchise taggies yeah. at the running back position. Herrick, Derek Henry obviously played the last year of his most recent big contract. Saquon Barkley was on the franchise tag. Both these guys play on the franchise tag. Josh Jacobs up first. This was the first one that was a little hard for me. I agree. I struggled with this one. 
Because once yeah. once Barkley to Houston became like an evident idea, yeah, it yeah, that's like a run to the podium type one for me. I'd like to hear from you a little bit on Josh Jacobs. Obviously, the the rushing champ in 2022 had a phenomenal season. They literally didn't let anyone run the football. And then this past year was a different story for him. I know you've done some film work there. What are some of your takeaways on studying Josh Jacobs and how you kind of project him moving forward? Yeah, I just thought he he didn't look like he had the same pop or burst this past year. And you understand that there there was an injury there that that he was working with, but I think you do get a little bit worried about being such a high volume player. I mean, he had 393 touches in 2022. Right? I just fed him, man. Fed him. Yeah. And then in spite of the injury and and missing four games, he missed a month of the season, he still had 270 touches this year. So he's over 300 touches in two of the last four seasons. The other two seasons in the last four seasons, he had 270 and 271. And then his rookie season had 262. So like we have very quickly gone from a low mileage college back to he's averaging 301 touches per year across his three seasons or his five seasons in the NFL. So that for me is just, it's it. I get a little bit, this, this might be a three year contract with the first year guaranteed and half of the second year guaranteed. It's just so weird to me that we used to see running backs not only be huge, huge like teams would do anything for a running back, right? Pick them in the top five, pay lots of money for them, and they would come and they would touch the ball 300 plus times every year for a long time. And like that was no problem. Now, suddenly in the year 20, whatever, you know, this era of football, these stacking together high volume seasons is no longer viable uh, to the way that it was. For the longest period of time, it's it's just it's very interesting to me to see that kind of turn on its head. Yeah. So i I have a team down. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> the team that I have is a contending team. I would me say too. that yeah, yeah. All AFC, right. AFC or NFC? NFC. I am also in the NFC. If really? if we do it again, I thought this I was my most think... aggressive one too. If we're aligned here, this is going to be weird. All right. So. East, North, or Southwest? East, North. I am also in the East, North. Good Lord. I'm in the NFC East. Yeah, me too. You the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah. That's where I am. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. I I put that down. I'm like, I'm going to get yelled at for this. We're going to get yelled at together. Yeah, we're going down together. The the challenge was Eagles have about $20 million in cap space, Mm -hmm. right? They're, They're looking to explore uh Hassan Reddick and there's a whole weird saga there where it was reported he requested a trade and then he talked to Jordan Schultz and he told Jordan Schultz I never requested a trade but business is business but you look at how the Eagles have their cap structured they don't have a lot of flexibility for restructure capabilities because they've done a lot of it and if you remember two years ago was it two years ago three years ago the Eagles entered the 2021 offseason negative 71 million dollars in cap space Mm -hmm. And they kept a lot of that nucleus of that team together. And they helped themselves because they got out of the Carson Wentz contract. But then they paid Jalen Hurts. And the way that they have that structured doesn't give you levers to pull 
to open stuff up. So that for me is, is Josh Jacobs signing with Philadelphia. I think that comes at a certain price. And I mm-hmm. think that's an acknowledgement that um, the Eagles would have to be willing to kind of break some of the yep. positional spending trends and then their own specific norms of how they've approached the position. But what makes this appealing is you put them in a spot where, I mean, contending team, uh, offensive line talent is is surely there. And for Josh, a huge opportunity to kind of put him back in the spotlight. You know, I mean, we saw what DeAndre Swift was able to do going there. You know, Josh Jacobs is maybe a similar path and maybe it's a parlay situation where maybe the market for Josh Jacobs isn't what he's looking for, but a one-year incentive-based deal with Philadelphia makes sense for both parties, and he's you know able to give them something to lean on. And we saw you know we saw what happened with that offense down the stretch. You know, yeah. I, and I I don't know how much that's on the running backs, but we've seen Josh Jacobs and and what he's able to do when healthy in terms of carrying an offense, and it'd be nice for them to be able to lean on that. They can. Yeah, I I think for Philly, you'd like to get another weapon, right? And you've got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, it's an outstanding one through three, um, but having somebody else that you could trust to lean on. And that was, I think, the exception that I took with with Swift down the stretch was it didn't feel like they trusted him down the stretch to really lean on him when that offense just kind of needed to stay on schedule. Yeah. So. Oh, well, this say what you will about how Philly has has kind of structured themselves for a cap perspective right now. They have most of the nucleus of the team locked in. So it's not like they're, I think they're very different than Baltimore with Baltimore and all the contracts that they have to figure out. We, we got Mylotta locked in. We got Dickerson and Jurgens and Lane Johnson locked in up front. They just spent a third round pick on Tyler Steen. So you assume Jurgens is going to step in for Kelsey, assuming he mm-hmm. walks away. Yeah. Uh, you got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith locked in. You got Hertz and Goddard locked in. Like th- that whole nucleus on that side of the ball is really, really firm. And they have depth at defense. So, okay, we got to remake our linebacker room, get some youth at corner. Like I I feel like their punch list for stuff to do is fairly lean versus some of the other teams that we're going to be talking about that are looking to get up over the hump. Eagles for them. The biggest thing is their coaching staff, right? They got to get. Yeah. And I mean, Kellen, Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio, you'd like to think that's um, better than Brian Johnson and Matt Patricia slash, uh, Sean Desai, right? Like, right. Surely we've we've upgraded here. So that takes us to Tony Pollard. You want to sneak him in, or or do we want to hit the break first and then do Pollard? Uh, Eckler and Swift can be a little bit more swift. Oh, jeez! How do we not? How do we not? Let's not. Let's let's get it in on time here, and then we'll get to the rest of these players. Great. Great. So stick with us. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events. Near you, they've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, all-in prices, views from your seat, and a best-price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Kyle Krabs, ushers come in the concert here in Charlotte. You know me and my wife, it's in October. We're already looking on the game time app to to find deals on that. They specialize in last-minute tickets. So if we want to wait and see if um, you know there's some opportunities later, we don't want to commit right now, we can – we can take advantage of that great opportunity through game time. I also love that when you buy tickets through game time, the tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email. Simply put, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account 
and use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for twenty dollars off. Download the game time app. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I know I'm gonna get yelled at for this one. For Pollard. Yeah. Oh, this is good. AFC or NFC? NFC. I'm also in the NFC. East North or Southwest? East North. I am also in the East North. There's no way. I'm in the NFC North. Yeah, me too. I thought about Dallas. I just don't think from a, a salary cap perspective they can they can pull it off. Okay. Right. The Minnesota Vikings. Dude, how uh, this is unbelievable. We did not we did not do this beforehand. Like we independently did this and came yeah, to the show. Correct. Expecting some potentially very intriguing debate. We have no debate. No, we have we are, no intriguing debate right now. <laughs> this is incredible. Four for four. This is one of the best best payoffs for go do it on your own and, and come back and we'll compare notes that we've ever had on the show. And we've been doing this podcast together now, in some variation for like nine years. If it goes down this way. I mean, this could be a Deion Sanders 40, 40 yard dash combine situation where we just, that's it. We've, we've peaked. It's the cappuccino. Are you cappuccino? That's cappuccino today. That's, a, that's new. Is this a thing? Uh, if I get coffee, I like cappuccino. Really? I've been around you a lot of times. I, I, I can literally make your coffee. I, mm-hmm. And we've never, we've never had cappuccino. It's a, well, it's acquired taste, right? But okay. like, yeah. I don't make a cappuccino at the house. But if I'm stopping for like coffee somewhere, yeah, and I won't say any names of where I would or wouldn't get it, just because you never know when somebody yeah, might yeah. be interested in Dude. being a friend of the show. Um, mm-hmm. I get cappuccino. This is a, yeah. a local spot that just opened up. All right, it's called Corner Grounds. My my coffee. Place. I've really re- reimagined how I do coffee. It's uh, it's creatine, protein, a dash of milk. Can <laughs> we're gonna do this? I guess <laughs> I, um, I get the quest, uh, protein shakes at a grocery yeah. store. They're like yeah. 30 grams of protein in a box and it's $10 for four cartons. It's your right? coffee creamer. It's not my coffee creamer. It could be my coffee creamer. I use it for the milk to go with my Cheerios. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's vanilla protein shake quest. And I just do like a half a cup of Cheerios and I pour the whole thing in there. And that's my cereal for the morning. And I, I know I'm getting 30 grams of protein in my my breakfast cereal. Nobody asked for these things. No, right? yeah. So Tony Pollard, Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Running game's been terrible the last two years. Awful. Yeah. Awful. We, need, we, get, need, a, we need some juice here. You want to get back to what Dalvin Cook was before Dalvin Cook ran, ran out of gas? I think Tony Pollard can be that kind of player. Now, I think Cook was probably a little bit more physical at his prime mm-hmm. than Tony Pollard, but just the running style, you can put him in a stable if you, if you want to continue to have heavy-footed hammers between the tackles like Alexander Madison and, and have that be the other guy, the yeah. counterpunch here. Great. Go for it. That's fine. But if that if, if that's going to be a part, Part of what made Alexander Madison be somebody that everybody couldn't quit every year in the fantasy community. Yeah. Like, oh, look at the, the production. Hey, I enjoyed it. 20 carries, 83 yards, and two touchdowns every time he filled in for Dalvin Cook, man. Loved it. The reason it worked is because it was the counterpunch to the other skill set. Yeah. yeah. And I think Tony Pollard going into, we assume this is going to be a spot that's going to have a young quarterback. 
right? We're assuming Kirk Cousins is gone, although they could save a lot of dead cap if they extended Kirk Cousins based on their void structure contract. Um, so we assume this is, we, we've heard a ton of smoke about J.J. McCarthy as a Kevin O'Connell, Shanahan offense style quarterback fit. So yeah. young quarterback, you get, assuming you get a young quarterback, you got Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, mm. TJ Hawkinson, mm. Tony Christian <laughs> Christian Darisaw up front. Yeah. Yes, please. Yep. The offensive league, right? So yeah. that made a lot of sense. But Quessy, probably not a big pay running backs guy. Probably not. But so I, if... t- I took it from the, the angle in the same way that we took Jacobs. Who's the best fit for the player? Yeah. Now, if you want to argue with this that, oh, the Eagles aren't going to give $9 million a year to Josh Jacobs or whatever, like, yeah, okay, you're probably right. But he's going to get paid somewhere to go for somebody, and the vast majority yeah. of fans are going to say, oh, my, my team's not going to give a running back that contract. Somebody will. Somebody's going to do it. Austin Eckler. There's no way, Kyle. There's no way. There's maybe. All right. Are you in the AFC or the NFC? AFC. Okay. I'm also in the AFC. Are you in the East North or the South West? East North. Okay. Are you in the AFC East? Yes. No way. Are you really there too? The Buffalo Bills? No, I don't have the Buffalo Bills. Gosh, no, I don't have the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Who do you have? The uh, New England Patriots? Yes, I have the Patriots. Okay. Explain yourself. Okay. So first of all, we've got money. Um, We've got $66 million in cap space. And they have Ramondre Stevenson, and I think they need a compliment to him. And I think there's a nice contrast in skills between Eckler and Ramondre Stevenson. And I think they've tried to lean into Stevenson and, and there's been, you know, some durability issues there. So I think having a nice compliment for him would be important. And I don't know that there's, we'll see what their appetite is for extending Stevenson, but mm-hmm. I think a pass catcher, um, Alex Van Pelt coming over here to be the OC. You think about Kevin Stefanski um, and they throw the ball to running backs, right? I mean, even, when Jerome Ford was the the back this past year. I think that's structurally he can kind of fit into what they're doing. And I think there's going to be some money there for him with New England and they potentially need this type of back um for whatever direction they go at quarterback. So I thought the opportunity, the player, the the cap dynamics, it just kind of made sense to me. Okay. Uh I guess I should start mine for Buffalo by asking obviously we did not see uh, with the Bills this year, Naeem Hines. Yeah. Unfortunate off-field injury before the start of the season. Are, is, it's a $5.1 million cap hit for a team that's in a bit of a cap pinch. Mm-hmm. And you could save $4.5 I think, from yeah. a little over $4.5 million. Yeah. I think Austin Eckler should be a really cheap contract. Probably so, yeah. So if if I'm looking at a team that's in a bit of a cap pinch, you could potentially move on from Naeem Hines, save money against the cap. You talked a lot about the workload for James Cook and trying to find a good balance there. I think there were some low moments for, for James Cook in the passing game, which in particular is where I'd be excited about 
Austin Eckler joining a team. That just for me was kind of a blend of getting cheaper at a spot, getting a veteran to go with James Cook so that you don't overwork James Cook, and then maybe some of those passing game opportunities can become Austin Eckler opportunities. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good fit. I see where you're going with that, and I think the Bills have wanted pass catching backs, and James Cook's supposed to be that. He just dropped the touchdown pass every week for like the last six weeks of the right. season, and, and he was very productive in the yeah. passing game. But yeah. it felt it, it felt like he dropped the touchdown. He did every he did. week, like not a hard one, just a wide open touchdown. Just like, what, brother, what is going on here? Um, I think the challenge there, and I think I think Naheem Hines is the the piece of this conversation that matters a lot. I could see the Bills approaching Naheem Hines. Like you mentioned, I think it's about a $5 million cap hit, and they can mm-hmm. get out of it and save maybe more than four. It's 4.6. 4. Yeah, so can. a lot of that they can save. I could see – and I think they did well by Naheem this year, and they, they I, my understanding is they gave him his contract. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that was some good faith into this coming season where they're going to go to him and say, look, we can cut you, and you can hit the open market, and you're probably not going to find much, right? Like, But you can also just take a, a $2.5 million, You could. T- Pay come here for two two million bucks, two and a half million bucks, something like that, and be back in that pass catching re- return guy role. Um, and I think there might be a mutual understanding. And I, he's wired the right way, you know what I mean? Like a, a yeah. so that's the hang up there. But if they do move on from Heinz, yeah, I think this is this is reasonable to me. Okay, and that's that's all I can ask for is reasonable. Which brings us to DeAndre Swift. Yep. NFC. NFC. I'm in the NFC as well. Yeah. East North or Southwest? East North. Are you in the NFC North? No. You're in the NFC East. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Dallas. We got we got we got, we got to have a running back, right? We're just we're just we put Tony Pollard on the Vikings. We need a running back. Correct. So for a guy with some production that you feel like you have the offensive line talent to give him a good opportunity, can catch it a little bit, physical between between the tackles, runner. Um, I know that cap space is a problem here, but in terms of like I'm trying to find starting roles or where they need like a a reasonable one A one B type back, I felt like this was a was a was a destination that made sense to me. Okay. I guess I just the financials there were tough, tough for me. Yeah, they're tough. There's Dallas no. is, is in a hole. I have Chicago, NFC North. Dante Foreman's expiring contract. Right. I know they invested a pick in Roshan Johnson. I know Khalil Herbert's been a promising player. They've had a ton of investments on the offensive line. Shane Waldron's coming in from Seattle. You know they love to rotate their backs. Yeah. Keep those guys healthy. So I think you get a good, powerful offensive line in front of them. Uh, kind of same dynamic as far as big bodies up front, chance to run physical. Um, I don't know. I, I was a little bit lower. I know they seem super high on Roshan Johnson. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not there. Um, so for me, it was projecting, okay, Foreman's coming off the books for them. So you have a rotation spot open. Go Chicago. Can I, get, I, I got to give my three bonus bonus ones. Okay. Real quick here. Devin Singletary, my spot for him is the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Jim Harbaugh, I think Blake Corum. I think Blake Corum and Devin Singletary are kind of similar players. Mm-hmm. And they need a low-cost lead back. And I think Devin Singletary can be that for him. Zach Moss, I have him for the Titans. 
I think they need a compliment to Tajay Spears. I think there's nice complimentary skill sets there. I have Zach Wilson tights as well. Okay. And then I have Zeke Elliott to the Bills. I think that he's the pass blocker, downhill, short yardage back that they need to complement a James Cook. Okay. So you just went a little bit different direction with that makes me feel better about putting a back in Buffalo because I know yeah. Buffalo fans get a little weird about I guess it's they were tied to Derrick Henry for every offseason for the last four years, right? Like, Saquon Barkley. Right. They're, they're top three in the betting odds for yeah. all these. Miami's yeah. in the same boat, right? Like, yeah. we, we we live the same story. So I had um, Zach Moss to Tennessee, and then I had Dante Foreman to Miami was my other one that I had. Oh, if I, 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 I flirted with that. I flirted with that because I know you're looking for uh, physical presence to – Physical presence between the tackles to complement all the speed to the perimeter – yeah. Miami has two really valuable contracts at the running back position in uh, Mostert signed for $2.8 million per season. And they got HN on a rookie contract where I think he's averaging like 1.5 million per season. Right. So that production there, I'd consider Derrick Henry for the right price, but yeah. I could also just say, okay, I've got $4 million rattled up in running backs and I got these two. Can I get Dante Foreman as the third presence there as a physical guy? And now we're spending six and probably spending half of what we would spend for just Derrick Henry and get a little bit more of a complete room. Interested to see how this all shakes out, Kyle Krabs. So we were four for six. I'm glad we got the first four so that the bit really like built up yeah. through segment three. And then the wheels fell off, right? We were similar destinations for... I guess similar division destinations for Swift and we were in the NFC for drama perspective for the, for the Austin Eckler conversation. So all in all, good show. Let us know how we did. Uh, Let us know who we forgot as far as teams for players at the running back position tomorrow. We're setting the table for a very interesting wide receiver market. And we're looking forward to that. So we hope that you come back and see us. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are locked on NFL scouting. Make it a great rest of your day. We're out of here.